Hi, I'm Melania, and you're listening to Learn STEM, a podcast where each week, Leah, Maria, Nisa, and I each delve into and discuss a topic in a field of STEM. Whether that be interviews, tips and tricks, or even stories, we always find a way to both entertain and teach listeners about new subjects. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to to be notified of each week's episode. Thank you. Hi guys, so if you're new here, welcome to Learn STEM. If not, welcome back. Um, Hopefully you guys listened to Dr. Sun's interview, which was just posted last week or today. As I'm recording this, I just posted it. Um, It was a really fun interview and we definitely are going to be interviewing Dr. Sun in the future again. So if you have any questions for him, just let us know. There's so many different ways to get connected with us through Instagram, YouTube, all that jazz. Um, But yeah, make sure you go listen to that. And today's episode is going to be very, very fun. I wasn't the biggest, I'm not the biggest fan just in general of math, but I really enjoyed putting this episode together. Um, Also, a little update. I got Invisalign and I'm really sorry to the people who have heard this like a million times, but I feel like I have a lisp every time I talk so if you hear that and it's really annoying, so sorry, but I'm stuck with Invisalign for a really long time. I could take them out technically right now, but I've had them out for like a good two hours today and you're only supposed to have them out for 22 hours um, a day. And yeah, I don't recommend Invisalign. Just don't get it. Get braces. They, I think braces are cute anyways. I was going to get gold braces, but I just went with Invisalign and it hurts so badly. I feel like it wouldn't hurt as badly, but it it just hurts. It's so painful. And you would think taking them out would be a nice feature of them, but it's not at all because every like you can't eat with them in, so you have to take them out every time you eat, and then you have to go upstairs and brush your teeth after um, before you put them back in. Otherwise, you'll get cavities. And, like, it's so annoying. While with braces, I can literally just brush. I don't even need to brush my teeth, actually. I might have food in my teeth, but... I'll brush them at night, you know, and I can still eat a majority of the foods that I want. Um, But yeah, like the Invisalign are cutting my entire lip and they're just so sore. I've popped so many Tylenols in the past 24 hours. I've used so much Orogel. It's not a fun experience and I wouldn't recommend it for my worst enemy. Like it's just really, really uncomfortable. Um, But enough with that rant i'm just gonna go ahead and begin the episode today we're gonna be talking about blood stain pattern analysis you can also call it blood spatter analysis s-p-a-t-t-e-r not splatter um i actually don't know why they don't say splatter but that's like a big pet peeve for a lot of forensic scientists so yeah make sure you get that in your head it's blood spatter not splatter um oh also another side note i got my permit and today we went driving and we drove like 18 miles i drove 18 miles or something all by myself so i'm proud of myself um but yeah i'm doing for my next podcast the science one and i'm thinking about doing veganism some people get really annoyed when 
other people talk about like being in vegan and things like that. So if you're not interested in that and you have a different recommendation for my science episode, let me know. Again, DM us on Learn STEM or on Instagram, or you can just comment on our YouTube channel again at Learn STEM. L R N S T E M. You pick. Yeah, I'm just going to get started because I cannot keep rambling. This is a very long episode anyway, so here we go. All right, so let's finally get into this. Sit back, relax, and grab some popcorn if you don't have Invisalign in. It's going to be a long one. So first off, what is bloodstain pattern analysis? If you were to do a quick Google search, um, you would get the following. Bloodstain pattern analysis is the field of forensic science that consists of the study and anal- analysis of bloodstains at a known or suspected crime scene with the purpose of drawing conclusions about the nature, timing, and other details of the crime. This basically means that um, bloodstain analysis is used and helps to refine the details of a crime by like timing wise it could show maybe based off of the blood if it's dried up or not it'll show the origin of the blood it'll show where the victim may have been impacted it can show um, what angle it was what height and just little details that could be so important in solving crimes it's just like entomology these fields may not be um super huge in solving crimes like they might not be the first thing that you think of like I guess medical examinations are kind of the first things that I think of in forensics but these fields are so 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 important um, in order to help solve crimes so getting into actually the blood stains itself um, surprisingly only the angle will change the pattern of a blood stain, not how fast it is. So a blood stain that goes 10 miles an hour can give the exact same pattern as one that went two miles an hour, as long as their angles are the exact same. And I did want to actually get this out of the way. It's blood spatter, S-P-A-T-T-E-R, not blood splatter. Um, that's just a big pet peeve in the forensic field or the forensic world, a lot of people say blood splatter and it's not. Um, But you can just say blood stain pattern analysis too. So analysts must take into account the actual like amount of blood as well as the angle in order to truly analyze the stains. You need to know like, hey, is this, this is a pool of blood and this is tiny dried up marks because you need to differentiate the two and see what you can actually analyze with those. Those two things are so different they're both blood but like the shapes of them are so different that you can only find a certain amount of things from each um, stain so surfaces that um, the blood will land on can actually change the pattern so for example glass it's not porous or it's not very porous and it um, is very smooth so the glass will give the blood rounded edges while something like wood is super porous and if you've ever seen water on wood you'll see just like um, water blood will start to fray out from wood um, which can definitely affect the blood stain after a while so again um, analysts must take into account that 
So the majority of the blood or like the pooled area of blood is a lot harder to analyze than the smaller areas called impact stains. And you can actually use these impact stains with math to estimate the origin of the site where the blood was released, whether it was from the killer or the victim. And um, just like I was saying, too much blood will disguise the specific patterns needed to analyze the data, but too little amount of drops is not sufficient enough to properly analyze. So you kind of need like the Goldilocks, you need that sweet area um, where it's not too hot or not too cold because having too much blood, there's not enough um, specificity to actually analyze and come with come up with um proper conclusions while too little blood you don't have enough data to make a proper analysis and you will see why um very soon or at least hear why i forgot this is a podcast i always forget so blood has surface tension so if it's dropped at 90 degrees it will form a perfect sphere and the larger or smaller the blood surface is from 90 degrees it'll form more of an elliptical shape Uh, when blood needs to be collected it'll often be done by cutting through the surface it's on and around the stain Um, and rulers are also held near the stains and videos or pictures are taken at many angles to um, analyze this so if they need to like if there's blood stains on someone's couch, they're going to cut around the couch so that they can preserve that stain. And if they um, are going to, well, they will measure the blood stain if it's super important. They're going to put the ruler right next to the blood stain and, of course, measure it themselves. But they're going to take tons of video footage and photography of the um, stain with the actual measurement next to it th- with many, many, many angles just so that they can go back and... Um, look at those photos and still have data and they don't just have to rely on the numbers that were there at the crime scene they can physically see it Um, if dna needs to be collected from the blood then experts will typically swab samples of the blood from like the larger areas or the pools of blood where it was found which is nice about the pooled areas because um, those can't do too much in the analysis part of it so having those is just good to take swabs from because it's not a big deal if you accidentally smear any to be a bloodstain analyst you need to have certification and training which can be done through the international association for identification or iai and you also typically need a degree in either math physics or science such as biology or chemistry so there's two different sections of bloodstain pattern analysis. There is the first part, which is pattern analysis, and then there's the second part, which is reconstruction. So for pattern analysis, analysts will look at the stain size, the shape, the distribution, and the overall appearance of the stain in order to conclude what may have happened or um, what weapon may have been used to commit the crime. It's almost like a presumptive test, but it's still very, very important. And the reconstruction part is when the analyst will actually use the angle of the spatters and the direction to determine the origin of the pattern or of the splatters. And this will help them confirm and even identify more than that of the first stage, which is the pattern analysis. 
So in reconstruction, there's two main definitions that you're going to want to know. The first one is the area of convergence, and the second one is the origin. So the area of convergence is the starting point of the bloodshed. It's where the initial bloodshed first begins, while the origin is the estimation of where the victim and the suspect may have been in relation to each other when the bloodshed first began. And I'll try and um, define those while I'm talking about them. So hopefully it'll be easier. So first, um, analysts must find the area of convergence, or that means where the bloodshed initially began, by typically using strings. And they'll use these like literal just strings that you would get, like craft strings from preschool. And they would take those strings and they would run them through the stains following the angle of the impact. And this would be on a flat, this is like a 2D scale on a flat surface against like a floor or a wall or the nearest area that's, again, flat. Um, It could even be a table. And they will... The strings, because this they'll go through every single splatter, and the strings will begin to overlap each other, and this overlap will determine the place where the blood drops were created. Um, so it'll just be like a huge area where every single string relap, uh, overlaps, and it won't be an exact, but it'll give you like a very good um, base to work on, or to work with, a very good approximation, or estimation, sorry. So to find the area of origin or where the two were in relation to each other, analysts will perform the same method that I just talked about with the strings, um, but they'll introduce height into the matter. So this, incorporating height, it'll be able to make this model 3D. So these strings will not only be just against a wall or a floor, they're going to come off the wall like through the air and then they'll hit like another wall or something. Basically like if you were creating a bridge with the strings, two surfaces are connecting it and then the actual base of the string is in the air. And um, all of these strings will be in the middle of the air and like before they'll start to coagulate or like overlap each other in a certain area and this will show you... um, where the origins or impact may have been. So there's many tools that are used to do this math. Um, protractors are one of them. You need the tangent trigonomic functions or other mathematic theories. You can also use softwares like Hemospat or Backtrack. And there's, of course, you also need these elastic strings. So I do want to go into a case that um, was solved and actually put the person who was guilty of the crime in prison using um, bloodstain pattern analysis. So this is a pretty common case if you're really into the true crime world. If not, then maybe you haven't heard of it. But again, it's pretty common. Um, This is the Brittany Norwood case. So, let's just begin. In March of 2011, a Lulu Lemon manager came into the store to see the body of Jana, Jana, I believe, J-A-Y-N-A, Jana Murray, and 
Brittany Norwood, who was next to her and still alive. So she saw these two girls when she walked into the store. One dead, one alive. Um, she called 911 and police soon rushed to the crime scene. And police declared Jaina dead on scene. And then they rushed Brittany Norwood to the hospital where she did survive and later stated what happened. So here is her story or here is what she had to say. She said that what happened was the two girls were looking for a misplaced wallet and they both worked at the store, but they were looking for a misplaced wallet. So they came back to the store and two men actually followed them in and sexually assaulted both of them. After they, um, the men killed Jaina, but they left Norwood and Brittany Norwood said in her defense that they kept her alive because they liked her more than Jaina. So police quickly realized that this story was all BS. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but (laughs) sorry. (laughs) This story was just all made up. It was not real. So here was the true story. Um, Police soon found out that Brittany Norwood was very... She was known to steal a lot of things, and she was actually in the process of getting fired from Lululemon, but um, where she lived, the firing, the rules to get fired were actually very, very strict, and in order for her boss to fire her because of her apparent or accused stealing, she had to physically see Brittany Norwood steal something. So Brittany Norwood was still working at the Lululemon. Um, That day, like the day of the killings, Brittany Norwood was actually caught stealing a pair of yoga pants by Jaina. And scared of losing her job, Brittany Norway killed her and tried to cover up the crime scene. So the sad thing is that Jaina wasn't even supposed to be working that night but she had to cover a shift for the manager, which is just terrible. Um, I hate when things are, like, just so coincidental. Um, I'm reading another case. It's from this book called The uh, Perfect Victim, and this girl literally, this is very out in left field, but (laughs) this girl literally, she was hitchhiking, and she... um, turned down two cars one with a group of men obviously and another just because um, they weren't going far enough and she knew she was trying to be safe and she got into a car with a man and a woman and her child yet was still abducted so just be safe out there and it's terrible when things happen like this but back to the actual case that we're working on Jaina um, actually was able to report Norway's stealing of the Lululemon yoga pants. And so basically the killing was kind of for nothing. The yoga pants are super expensive. They're like $99, but come on, you don't need to steal them. You get a discount anyways. And honestly, Walmart yoga pants look the exact same and they even have the pockets that the Lululemon pants have. Um, So... Jaina Murray was given 331 wounds using five different weapons. 
I'm going to repeat that. 331 wounds. Five different weapons were used. Um, So she obviously died in one of the most brutal ways imaginable. And my heart goes out to her and her family. But Norway, to try and cover this up, she gave herself wounds and then she also tied herself up by her hands and feet and laid next to her victim for hours before police came which again is just awful like I don't know how someone has it in them to sit next to the person that they just killed and of course wounded 335 times with five different weapons like how do you just lay next to someone like that and just wait until somebody comes it's terrible. Um, but Norway was luckily arrested, and following a six-day trial, she was found guilty of the murder. So they obviously knew that she was lying, but in order for prosecutors to charge her with first-degree murder, they um, used a, they called in a bloodstain pattern analysis, or analyst, and they were able to win this by proving through the bloodstain pat- spatter analyst that um, the evidence that she... So basically, hold on, let me take a deep breath. What happened was the analyst concluded that there was blood under a bookshelf near the scene. And according to Norway's claims, um, the fight was a standing fight. And the analyst proved that it was impossible for the um, blood to be found under the bookshelf if it were a standing fight due to the required angle of incidence needed. And this helped prove that Norwood beat the victim while she was laying unconscious. So that's actually what had to have happened. She had to have um, initially made the victim unconscious and then the victim must have fallen near the bookshelf and then Norwood would proceed to go about her other lord knows how many stabbings or gunshot wounds again there was five different weapons so um Norwood was sentenced to life without the possibility of parole and um interestingly enough the judge actually went home during one of those days and he mimed stabbing something 331 times and he came back the next day and reported to Norwood that she quote had ample opportunity to stop um so that's why he gave her life sentence without the possibility of parole which good for him that it's just not like, I don't understand how you can do that. And thank goodness we have bloodstain pattern analysis to be able to solve crimes like these and get people who deserve to be locked up, locked up. Um, I am going to be linking all of the links that I had for the bloodstain pattern analysis, but I'm also going to be linking the article there's one article that was very good. It's like a whole index on the case if you want to look into it further. I kind of just want to show you an example of this field being used. Um, I'm thinking about maybe next time for math. So in what, four months? 
um, talking about the different types of stains because there are so, so many, but it would literally take me like 20 minutes to just talk about all of them. So if you would like that, again, I think this is the third time I've said it, just DM us on Instagram, comment on our YouTube channel. I'm thinking about opening up a forms so that you can just leave comments in the forms right in our show notes that may or may not be in there and yeah i hope you enjoyed make sure to follow us on instagram youtube and all of our other social medias if you have any requests just let us know and i hope that you have a good day um stay safe and yeah see you in the next podcast bye